Mini Wargamer Dave here from MiniWargaming.com. Welcome, Wargamers, to the Shrine of Chaos. A <laughs> <laughs> special guest today, Quipster. Uh, how are you today, Quipster? How are things? I'm good. I'm good. I've I've just refreshed the uh, Mini Wargaming channel so I can see uh, the picture you were taking. Yeah. Oh God, I'm I'm glad I work in the beauty industry so my skin looks nice because that was very close up for the thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who do not know Quipster, Quipster is he is a prominent voice, prominent figure in uh, the wargaming community, especially the podcast community. Uh, I'll say because uh, you, that's how I knew. That's how I uh, got to know you. Uh, you're also a personality on DZTV. Uh, so for those of you who have seen that, have checked that out, check that out. I've also included a bunch of links to his stuff, his YouTube, his Instagram, in this post. So if you're watching this live or after the fact, make sure to visit him, see his stuff, give him a follow. And uh, he he just may send you some uh, some messages if you respond to his Insta <laughs> stories. <laughs> it's true. Honestly, it's a whole thing. Um so I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy called Gary V. Uh, very big on Instagram and just okay. like social media in general. All right. Um, so we use him a lot uh, for our business, um, like his just social media advice. And I was just like, you know what? I can do this on Instagram as well. And his big three things are gratitude, empathy, and patience. And like he just talks about very simple things you can do on Instagram to like help you connect with and grow an audience. Like... I reply to every DM. I reply to every comment on my uh, on my posts. Um, I like I've met really good friends mm -hmm. through Instagram, um, yeah. just from from engaging with people. Like uh, you've met uh, Tanya, uh, the War Mistress. We met because we she I think I, either I replied or she replied to a story on Instagram, and we just carried the conversation through. And now we're really good friends. Fantastic! That's that's awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's a question then. Uh, what do you mm -hmm. do when you are, uh, you know, you have so many followers that it would not be practical to respond to every single comment? That is a good question because I'm actually kind of reaching that point. Like, I do, I do just sometimes spend an hour just like replying to everyone before I like do something else or like before I get to sleep. Right. But I think in that, in that case, it sort of comes down to priority. Uh -huh. So I reply even to the people who leave like, uh, who reply to a story with like a smiley face. I'll just like, like the smiley face. Okay. But I think it will get to a certain level where I have to stop doing that and only reply to people who actually leave a message. Right. Um, and I think we were talking about this before, actually. Um, I think voice messages are going to have to be a little bit more of a thing for me because you can talk faster than you can type. Yeah. So instead of... Uh, yeah, exactly. So instead of uh, like typing everything out, literally just um, just like leave everyone a voice note. Be like, yeah, man, sounds really good. Love what you're doing. Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. And then beyond that, it's just a case of just picking and choosing the interesting ones. I think that's going to have to be the way forward. Yeah. Well, that make, that's a natural evolution. That makes sense. Uh, okay. So talking about Space Marines and Custodes, and for you, you collect uh, Imperial mm. Fists, and what was the other one again? Custodes, more specifically, Custodes of the Shadow Keepers. Shadow uh, Keepers, that's post. what it was. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, so, Imperium for sure. Any Chaos Blood in you at all? Mm. Uh, well, it's funny you should mention this. Uh -huh. um, I don't know I don't know if you've seen any of the other DZTV stuff um, that I've been in, 
but there's this kind of like famous thing with me at the moment that i'm a massive imperium fanboy mm-hmm. um and more than that i refuse to paint like really fleshy things okay. so nurgle nurgle's just out for me like i just i can't do it um i just <laughs> oh, i just hate i just hate that aesthetic i can't get on board too gross um yeah oh god but also and this might lead into something we might talk about talk about later like i i have a chronic illness um i have something called ulcerative colitis mm-hmm. and uh like i've spent about two years of my life in like a, a hospital so i don't it's like way too close to home oh, for dude. me do you know what i mean <laughs> that's crazy so <laughs> tell me about it okay so uh i mean now you got me really oh, curious. Yeah, was, are you are you good talking about this i'm see i have a bunch of questions oh so, absolutely so, um so i, you know I don't understand this i'm completely ignorant when it comes mm. to what you just said in the condition uh, that it is i'll, I'll call mm. it i don't even know if it's a condition so what was that again okay before i start with this actually am i allowed to swear is that a thing i can do uh not on the shrine because it's family friendly uh damn it <laughs> that, okay that's about as okay. much as you can do <laughs> okay oh dang i okay. i hate to censor you but uh it is family friendly so <laughs> Uh, totally understandable. So um, I'll explain what the condition is. And then after that, I'll explain uh, the, the, the chaos things that are going to be happening in my life quite soon. But um, yeah, so I've talked about this super openly on a whole bunch of things. Uh, I have a condition called ulcerative colitis. Uh, and ulcerative colitis, um, and it's about to get very graphic, guys, and I make no apologies for that. Uh, ulcerative colitis is where your large intestine isn't recognized as part of your body. Mm-hmm. So your immune system attacks it. Uh, I had a very bad attack of it when I was about 13 or 14, and I had to have my large intestine removed, mm-hmm. which, as you can imagine, is not particularly fun. Um, major surgery. But, uh, yeah, a little bit. And so this is why I have a very slim waist. That and, you know, narrow Asian hips. I get it from my mom's side. But... Um... <laughs> I can relate to that. I'm half Asian. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think we're slightly different types of Asian, but yes. <laughs> I think we are. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I had this big surgery. Uh, and for a while, I had something called a, a colostomy bag. I don't know if you've ever come across that term. I have, yes. I ah, yes. Yeah, so I know exactly for, what that is. Indeed. Uh, for those of you out there who don't know what this is, it's essentially a little poo bag that you have on the, the front of your stomach. And uh, the end of your small intestine comes comes out of your tummy into that. It's a great thing for a 17-year-old to have. Um, as you can imagine, it's not great for the confidence. <laughs> That's insane, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, Indeed. How, but, long, uh, how long did I go for? So, it bringing a chronic illness, you're never really cured. Okay. It's just... So, the way I, the way I look at it is that with uh, a normal illness, um, you it's a very finite, a very linear thing. So, you're ill... And so you're fine. Uh, say then you break your leg, you're ill for a bit, and then you're fine again. Okay. Whereas for uh, for chronic illnesses, it's never are you well again. It's how ill are you on the spectrum? Okay. Because you're always a little bit ill. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, I've gone through uh, quite a long period of being like mm, not that great. Uh, and since last year, I've kind of been off all medication. So uh, I've been uh, pretty well to be honest, uh, lately. That's good. Still get bouts of uh, fatigue, which is a pain in the ass. Uh, literally, because it's a bowel condition. But um, <laughs> see what I did there? See, I did, clever yes. joke. Yeah. The old man <laughs> in me being a dad, I love it. 
exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean, this actually kind of goes into my hobby journey. Um, this is how I got back into the hobby because uh, so at the end of 2018, uh, I was I was really quite ill. Um, the medications that I was on at the time were, we'll say, working at about 50% effectiveness. And so I was not in a good way. Uh, I was also tired of playing on my Xbox. Uh, mm-hmm. And one thing I think a lot of people um, forget, or, or not forget, but don't quite understand about things like fatigue, is that fatigue isn't just tiredness. It's like the energy being sapped from you at all times. Mm. So you've been to the gym before. Imagine the hardest gym session you've ever done in your life and that feeling you get mm. when you sit on the couch when you get home, you're just like, oh God, I can't move. Mm-hmm. Imagine that, but 100% of the time. It's, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to do anything. And so I was feeling very fatigued so at the end of 2018 and I was just like, you know what? I need something that I can just sit here and be ill and do. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I realized, like, you know, I used to I used to quite enjoy painting when I was a kid. I used to quite like Warhammer. Um, and so I looked on the Games Workshop website, and I saw that Custodes were now a playable faction. And I was just like, yep, straight in there. That's 500 pounds. I dropped immediately. Um, and I bought an entire Custodes army which I still haven't finished painting to this day. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. That's fewer models too, which is an interesting thing. Oh God, don't get me started. It's like a meme at this point, like how slow a painter I am. (laughs) Well, it's not a race, I suppose, right? But No, it's true. (laughs) Okay, so that's as unfortunate as it is that you have this thing. It's, I guess the silver lining is that you found something that you're able to like there's an outlet where you could i guess essentially it sounds like therapy yeah yeah i mean to a degree it's interesting because as i've sort of come into the hobby and as i've met more people through instagram and social media and just like being at events and stuff one thing i've i've kind of come to realize um, and I, I, I'd be really interested if there's anyone out there who's like a psychologist or a researcher, if they've done uh, something on this. Um, I'd be really interested to know um, like the numbers for this. But I've met so many people in this hobby with either physical chronic illnesses or mental health problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it seems to me that the, the hobby attracts a lot of these kinds of people to it. Um, and I think a lot of it is sort of the art therapy mm-hmm. um, kind of stuff. Like a good friend of mine, uh, Reza, uh, who's also a host with me on the uh, the Conclave podcast. Um, we both have all kinds of like chronic illnesses and stomach issues and stuff. And he was recommended by his doctor to, to go and start painting because it oh, would help him um, with his chronic illness. And that's how we started playing Warhammer. Um, and I've seen a lot of that. Uh, especially with like mental health as well. That's a yeah. really big one for the community that I've seen. Yeah. I'd be interested to know your, uh, your experience with this as well. Like, have you seen this just like almost a disproportionate number of people with like mental health issues in the community? I've seen, I've definitely seen a lot. And um, mm. just from noticing the comments and also messages that have come in and people that have commented on the hobby and the content 
in it helping them get through times that were difficult and in mm. being cathartic and, and therapeutic, which is, I mean, you can relate to this being a content creator. I mean, is it your purpose <laughs> to create some sort of thing to help people through this? It's, it's really, well, for me, it's not right. It's just, we're playing this game and mm. we're having fun with it and we're showing ourselves play this game. So it's just the byproduct of what we do. And, and people, mm. some people view it and treat it like that. Um, but I have seen a lot for sure. I'm not sure about a disproportionate. Maybe it's because I am not looking for it. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know what the actual... If, it'd be interesting to, for GW to do a poll, to do a stat. I don't know how accurate it would be. But if they did, let's say, hypothetically speaking, people that are suffering from various forms of mental illness or physical conditions and how many people are into the hobby, uh, how many people are into the hobby because uh, it's therapeutic, or heck, even if not, they just simply do it and they happen to have <laughs> an ailment that they're suffering with. It'd be interesting to know mm. that stat. I'm sure that's I'm sure that stat exists somewhere. I mean, are we oh, the first people to think sure. of that? No, <laughs> I'm sure there's statisticians that are like, hey, uh, you know, that, that come up with uh, it's I mean, it's art, as you said, right? There's art therapy that doctor said to your friend, you know, uh, take a painting do some painting that'll help. And was it your friend that chose Warhammer specifically, or did the doctor say do Warhammer? <laughs> I would be hilarious if the doctor said uh, do Warhammer, but uh, no, it, the, the doctor said um, just start painting. And he was just like, Oh, I don't want to paint a canvas. And I think he used to play Dawn of War. And I think he saw an advert for, for like games workshop come up. And uh, yeah, then he, he walked into a games workshop and he was like, I would like some ultramarines, please. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, now he plays Blood Angels. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, that's a that's a chapter I agree with. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. So he actually recently read the um, the, the new Uriel Ventress novel. Okay. Um, and so I was, I have this thing. I like doing things for my friends in the hobby. Uh, so the the Sandman, uh, who's another one of our one of my good friends and another one of the hosts on the Conclave podcast, which I'm really plugging here, apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so he I, he often says of me that I'm like an annoyingly supportive friend because like I just make them do things. So uh, I, I ended up sort of like pushing him over the edge and now he has 8,000 points of gene stealer cults. <laughs> wow. And he attributes him owning that army to me, like being supportive enough that he was just like, well, I, get, well, I guess I kind of have to then. <laughs> That's a crazy amount. That's a big army. But uh, yeah, for, for Rich, when he um, read the Uriel Ventures novel, he started a small um, uh, Ultramarines force back again um, because Uriel Ventures has like his command squad. Mm -hmm. And I just happen to have three uh ultramarines lying around so i repainted the shoulder edging to the uh the green of the fourth company and i was just like there you go there are some like nice ultramarines for you and he was just like well, where did this come from I'm just like just that it's cool i'm just i'm just doing a good thing for a friend i've got a whole bunch of those planned um just because it's fun so okay going back to the space marines just for a moment just switching gears here for a second mm. uh as a Space Marines player, what draws you to Space Marines? Why Space Marines? Out of all the factions that exist, Xenos, Imperium, 
And then out of Imperium, Space Marines specifically. Why? Why Space Marines? So, this is going to sound like such a stupid thing to say. <laughs> but, so, I have, and basically, when Contrast Paint first came out, mm-hmm. this was, oh my god, was this, this was two years ago now, yeah, wasn't it? about that. Sounds right. Oh my god, that's weird. Time is weird, man. Um, I agree. Just like last year, just uh, last year just didn't count. But um, no, not at all. No. But uh, yeah, so basically, um, I went to a, uh, a like a, a contrast paint testing day um, at my my local hobby shop, which is called uh, another plug. I'm really good at these name drops. Uh, Bad Moon Cafe. Uh-huh. Uh, which, if you're ever in England, you should totally come to because it's an amazing place and we can catch up and have a game there. But, um, yeah, so basically I was at Bad Moon Cafe and I was just testing out these contrast paints and I was just like, oh, my God, these are magic. Uh, and I tested out the Iron in Yellow on the back of the Lego and Intercessor and I looked at it and I was just like, this is perfect. This is amazing. Mm. I- I've never seen anything like this. And I was completely sold, completely. And so I was just like, but at the time I only collected custodies because they were they will always be my first love. Yeah. Um, but then um, I became involved with Liam, uh, who's now one of the two guys at uh, DeploymentZone.tv. And at the time, his YouTube channel was called Morehammer. Mm-hmm. And um, I was one of Liam's um, subscribers and he invited me to come down and film a bat rep with him. And you know, I filmed this bat rep and Liam... On the, on the, I was on the train on the way home and uh, Liam sent me a WhatsApp and he was like, yo, dude, I want to expand the Morehammer team. I want to create like a team. Um, so it's not just me. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to come on board as like one of one of the team? And I was just like, uh, yes, obviously. That sounds fantastic. And so, yeah, I became one of the, the five guys on team Morehammer. Uh, and it was it was so much fun. And this was kind of about the same time that the uh, do, you, do you know the um, do you know the uh, not indexes the supplements for the space marine chapters okay uh, those had just started coming out okay and so we all kind of we were all just like well just for the channel why doesn't each of us start a space marine chapter okay um, so we've got like a selection for the channel uh, so Brom uh, over in DC TV already has ultramarines so that's sorted. Uh, I think Chris was going to do Salamanders, and I was just like, you know what? I'm I'm thinking I want to do Imperial Fists because of the Iron and Yellow, mm-hmm. and so I I I picked Imperial Fists, and uh, previously, like a month or two before that, I had gone on the pilgrimage to uh, to Warhammer World mm-hmm. uh, with a couple of my buddies in London, and uh, when I was there, I was just like, you know what? I'm at Warhammer World. Of course, I've got to buy something. <laughs> and I couldn't think of anything more classic than just a box of intercessors. Yeah. And then this is my box of intercessors that I bought at Warhammer World, you know, like cool. the nostalgia of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I had this box of intercessors lying around and I was just like, well, guess I collect Imperial Fists now. So, yeah, <laughs> that's how I started the Imperial Fists. Okay. Yeah. I see that. That's a, you know, there's a similar story uh, that I have for chaos. It just happened to go a different way. It was the oh, really? gaming club 
and there was a number of different gamers like here locally, right? So uh, a bunch of people collected armies, and mm-hmm. Chaos was not one of the armies that they were collecting. Uh, <laughs> there's a few others that were available. Like, I just didn't have any interest in collecting them. But uh, yeah, Chaos was available. I liked their aesthetic, and I just picked it up. And like, I love this. This is great. It's kind of like that. It's almost like a revelation when you did the yellow on the back of the leg. It, oh, yeah. That's what I felt too when I saw the chaos. I was like, okay, this is this is my army. This, <laughs> this is my forever army. Oh yeah, I I one hundred percent agree. I was actually the same with the custodies. Like that, I just you just have this moment where you're just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. And with my wife too, uh, when I uh, last year when we were playing during like the first lockdowns and stuff, we're playing at home and making battle reports. At first, she was using my Blood Angels, and I was using Black Legion. And then mm-hmm. I introduced her to Sisters of Battle, and <laughs> then it completely changed. Then she was like, okay, <laughs> this is the faction that I like. Because she liked the yeah. look of the Blood Angels, uh, but she liked the lore of the Sisters and the look of the mm. Sisters. So that completely dominated any any desire she had to play anything else. So. Nice. It's it's interesting as well. I've introduced uh, a couple of female friends to to the hobby, um, and they all sort of go down very similar paths, which I think are quite interesting. They all really like the look of stuff in AOS, kind of more than 40k. Mm-hmm. Um, and of the 40k factions, all of the women I know who start either go straight for Sisters of Battle or Slanish Demons. Those are the two ways. Uh-huh. That, that was another I one find she it was very interested in. <laughs> yep, there we go. There we go. It's very, very consistent. I think one of the big reasons for that would be because like, they are models that display some... They're just better female ranges almost. Do you know what I mean? Like, or just period, I, uh, right? It's a female ranges yeah. period. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Like, I, I was speaking to a... Well, actually, it was someone I was dating at the time. But um, I, I said to her, All right, oh, I'm, I'm into this hobby. Um, here's the website. Take a look. See what you think. And almost instantly, she replied back to me like, this is a very masculine hobby, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, why do you say that? And she was like, because all of these models are guys. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> we've, got, we've got some things to do as a, as a community here. Well, Games Workshop has a lot of things to do. So it's that's an interesting thing too. Uh, uh, El- Eldar, I find that Eldar is also another pick that seems to be a common choice. Mm-hmm. I've seen that on the rare occasion that yeah. I've seen female gamers do something. That is one of the ones that, and then obviously they choose whatever they want mm-hmm. whenever they want. Uh, but yes, that seems to be more. So here's a question for you, just on that note a little bit, because I've been posting a bit about this mm-hmm. because I'm collaborating with a company to make a line of miniatures and I want to add female variants to the line Uh, because here's one here's an example chaos Mm -hmm. cultists there are no female cultists (laughs) there could very easily be chaos female chaos cultists right exactly they would look awesome yep Uh, why aren't there yep so 100% okay that's an easy one and even lore wise it could make sense right well, no, it does make sense. Uh, canonically, um, that has been explored before. If uh, you look at uh, it's a Graham McNeil novel about the Iron Warriors, 
um, there is um, there's a story where they're attacking this imperial bastion. Um, super interesting story. I think it's Storm of Iron. I think that might be it. I read it quite a while ago, but it does go into a lengthy description of an imperial guards woman in this case, who um, eventually succumbs to the power of chaos and she becomes a corn chaos cultist. Awesome. And it's, yeah, I mean, like, this stuff exists in the lore. This is a thing. And I think as time goes on, we're going to see that in a lot of the different ranges. Like, so. especially especially with the guard models when yeah. those come out. It's like easy to do that. I Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't know. Oh, God, am I? Oh. I, I've suddenly realized, like, I don't know, like, what I'm allowed to say. Because, like, I'm actually a... I'm allowed to say this. I'm actually a playtester now, so um, I do know a bunch of the things that are coming up. Mm-hmm. But if I start talking about certain things, I would like to see. I think like I don't know if that's like breaking the NDA or not. <laughs> well, maybe I could tell you things I would like to see, and you can agree or disagree. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but I mean, like that's not just, it's not telling, I, right? Because you don't. I don't right. know what you know. Uh, all I know is I think what, I think I can. I was going to say, I think I can just speak quite more generally and say, I would Uh, like to see more representation of women in the hobby, whether that be Imperial Guard, where I think there is a definite lack, um, or uh, just like anything human scaled. Yeah. Like, for example, why is there no Eldar female Farseer model? Like, Mm. why isn't that a thing? Right. Instead of just the Banshees, right? Like, there's... I mean, yeah, Banshees and about 20% of the Guardians. Guardians, like, yeah, that's, that's right. There's pretty, some Guardians. Pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's Harlequin. There's a number there. And I think a Dark mm. Elder, uh, Drukhari as well. There's a there's a bunch. Um, yeah. But Drukhari are good. Now, Tau is a weird one, right? Because it's like they all kind of look weird. So it's hard to tell. Mm. But they could easily do female so there. technically, yeah, technically there's one. Um, but... Because we know what uh, female Tau look like because of Shadow Sun, uh-huh. you could very easily slip in a few bareheaded female models, yep. uh, or just female bareheads into a Tau like Sprue. Like that would be quite an easy thing to very do. Very easy. Yeah. Precisely. Uh-huh. Yeah. What about orcs though? That's a that's a curious one. That's a that's a strange mm. one. I think that's yeah, a orcs one really... because orcs are. I mean, what is there? What are they? <laughs> They're plants. Yeah. Orcs are essentially genderless. However, they are coded to be masculine, to be male. Yeah. Um, in the way that they are, the way that they are portrayed, um, etc. And so, yeah, I mean, you've just got like a hyper-masculine coded faction there. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's something to be aware of when designing everything else, I think, rather than focus on them. Because I, I don't think orcs need new models. I will say that, <laughs> uh, but I don't think we need to see like female orcs. I just think we need to look at them in the context of everything else and say, well, why aren't there more female gene stealer cults? You know, yeah, like why are there no um, acoly- female acolyte hybrids? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, Necrons. That'd be an interesting one. Uh, I think that'd be actually hard to tell. Uh, Ooh, they're actually doing that. Are they um, characters? Probably characters more so than uh, than warriors. Oh well, yeah, I, I don't know. 
Yeah, so this is the thing. Um, they mentioned quite recently the uh, what's it called the the latest character model that came out at the time, the Chronomancer, I think. Okay. Um, they specifically mentioned that model is a she, ah, okay. and it's really it's really nice to see that because it gives more opportunities for creating more interesting narrative. Yep. So like, one of the things I look at when I'm I'm making narrative for for my armies are what already has been explored and what doesn't or ha what has what does exist and what doesn't exist and why the things that exist are there for example a really good example of this is necrons why are there no necron children well they're dead souls right in robot bodies precisely precisely so that leads on to two conclusions either all the children got during the process of uh, biotransference, got put it put into adult bodies, or they killed all the children. Oh, that's dark. Which is super duper dark. But it's just like right, okay. Understanding the context of these things uh, and of their society leads you to like go down different narrative paths for the army that you're creating. Right. So like, I, I love that kind of stuff. So for example, by saying that uh, this character is female even though you know for the necrons saying this character is female even though it doesn't present that outwardly okay well then what were her relationships with other characters from other dynasties that was she married to someone who ran off to to like be in another dynasty did she have kids how did she react to the process of biotransference mm. like all of all of these kinds of things um and so yeah it's really interesting to like go down these these narrative paths even though like the ones i mentioned are like super duper dark <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's so funny that that's really cool though and i, I love that especially if uh, if it's translated on the tabletop somehow in yeah a, in a campaign exactly. form that's my favorite so it's funny you should mention that i'm actually i don't know if you've got any experience with this but i'm trying to play more crusade at the moment um I don't know. How have you found the Crusade system so far, if you've been able to play it? i played it a few campaigns now. Uh, okay. I enjoy it. I enjoy the... the I, I like the fact that you have this large army and you can draw certain units from, and you can change it up, even mm -hmm. though it's part of the same army. That's fun. I like the upgrading. I like how there's different levels of degrees of objectives during the game. Because there's mm. some things that you can... Even if you lose a game, you don't lose a game because you're still progressing. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. That's cool. I like how they've uh, recently introduced uh, kind of narrative backdrops to armies like Jukari, for example. There's like this town mm -hmm. uh, that you, is a Gamora, I think it is, uh, or it's someplace. It, basically, you, have it, you own an area and mm -hmm. you build it up and you get different perks depending on how well you build it up. And so, oh, that's cool. That is fantastic. That's super cool, right? I remember doing that against Scarry, uh, and it, it was <laughs> it was just fun to see, right? Like he would get excited knowing that his one character could roll on something to upgrade in that, not having anything to do with the actual mission at hand or winning the mission. It was that's the part he was excited <laughs> about, uh, which was great because that made me excited to see his excitement. Uh, and meanwhile, I was I was just try, trying to keep my guys alive, and because he's a, a much better <laughs> player than me, uh, and he knew my army better than I knew it, so it was just basically uh, 
him experimenting with stuff <laughs> as I was trying not to die. <laughs> That's oh, man. The There's a reason he does coaching. <laughs> there is a reason he does coaching, yes. Uh, but it was it was so much fun uh, playing with him because uh, uh, it was in that system, first off. It was awesome. Uh, first time we did it was with Orcs, and that was another narrative-heavy backdrop where they were corn orcs they weren't just orcs they were corn orcs and oh that's cool there was a reason why they were following corn and there's uh, different recruits that i would get for different reasons and it zero power influence it was like i'm not getting these guys because they're strong because really i have no idea what they do i'm just getting them because they look cool <laughs> and let's give them a, a narrative flavor let's add them to the army that's so cool i have so much time for that i when it comes to uh, doing narrative things, I think I'm a little bit famous is the wrong word. I would say like I have a certain amount of notoriety for the way that I do uh, narrative, especially in my well, actually for both my armies. I don't know if I've talked about it with you, this with you before. I don't off. I don't recall offhand. Um, mm, what are you referring okay. to? So I'll go through my custodies first, and basically what I do is uh, there's a company called Versatile Terrain. Mm -hmm. Really I'm really in there with the plugs today, aren't I? Jesus. <laughs> um, they do <laughs> these 3D printed nameplates. I don't know if you've seen them before. Yes, I've heard of that company and I've seen the plates. Yes. Yeah. So uh, they, they <laughs> so basically I have individually named every single one of my custodies. Awesome. Um, because you know, there's only 20 models in the army. So yeah. of course you're going to give you each one a name. For sure. Um, and so they all, yeah. So they all have these 3D uh, printed nameplates. Um, and so not only do I give them all names, but uh, I actually keep a, um, a spreadsheet which has their role of honor on it. So the, the backstory behind the custodies is they gain names and titles depending on great deeds they do. Mm -hmm. Um, or things that they're good at. And these names are usually taken from ancient heroes, myths, and monsters from ancients, uh, from Earth's ancient past. Yep. Now, it would be the case that because uh, the custodians recruit from all over Terra, they would take their names from cultures all over Terra. Cool. So I spent a really, really long time looking up, you know, Aztec gods and Mongolian demons and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I have like a spreadsheet full of these names. That's awesome. Um, and oh, it's, it's, it's so gratifying when it's all like laid out. But I keep this spreadsheet and under each uh, entry for each custodian, it has a picture of the model. Uh -huh. It then has their name and then what that name means. Uh -huh. Like a bit of like a blurb about the legend. Yep. Um, and then underneath... It has a list of cool things that that model has done on the table. Okay. Um, because I could, there's only 20 models. I can keep track of that. Yeah. So I have uh, one of my custodies. I think it's Osiris, actually. Uh, Osiris or Neb actually, it might have been Nebuchadnezzar. And I was at uh, the Fun and Fluff competition in London, run by the London Wargaming Guild. And amazing competition. If you're out there, you should totally go. Another plug. But. Uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so bad for this. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so basically it was me, uh, my custodian versus a Grey Knight army. And obviously all custodians of this four-up invulnerable save. So if you could just make the save, they'll survive anything. Mm -hmm. And so I that model stood in front of my uh, shield captain. This is 8th edition at the time, so you could do that. 
and shielded him from the firepower of an entire Grey Knight army and meant that he, my shield captain survived and was able to keep that objective. Wow. And I was just like, yep, that is going in your role of honor, sir. Wow. <laughs> but that's cool because you're able to remember that from how many games ago, from how many years ago. Uh, oh my God, like two years at this point. <laughs> that's really cool. That's And I love that because that's something you've done completely on your own. And what you've done with your army, thats I think that is the quintessential wargaming way as a, as a true hobbyist and wargamer <laughs> way of playing the game. You, you dive into the lore. There's flavor with mm. each character. Little things matter. They're recorded. Like I've, uh, that's rare. You're a rare breed mm. when it comes to that. Like not Thank every, you. like there's people, there's a lot of people. They have a cool lore and backstory for their army. Right. Mm. But to actually go and record each heroic <laughs> deed for every model that's the first. I got to admit, that's the first that I've heard of that. I'm sure it exists out there, but this is the first that I've heard of it. So that is really cool. That's very awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting as well because like I I think I'm a little bit spoiled because um, I'm obviously part of DZTV, and the DZTV guys are some of the most narrative players you can find out there. And so I'll I'll take like snippets of. Uh, what Winters is doing or what Say Hi Paul is doing. I'd be like, oh, that's a really good idea. I can incorporate that. Um, and that's actually something going on to my uh, Imperial Fist, actually. That's kind of one of the things I'm trying to do. Um, and it, it's interesting that you mentioned sort of like that kind of narrative as well, because I think there are, when you're creating an army, there are two narrative paths that you can go on. And it's it's funny that I'm going on one with the Custodians and the other with the Imperial Fists. Um and with the with the custodies, the path is the emergent narrative. So the narrative appears because of things that happen during games. Right. You forge the narrative, basically. Exactly. Yeah. See, that's another plug there for a for a very famous podcast. <laughs> 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 I love Paul Murphy; he's such a legend. Yeah. Um, I agree. But uh, yeah, so you have the the emergent narrative coming yep. out of that way. So things that happen on the table, and then sort of like the, the almost pre-scripted narrative. Uh, and that's something I'm doing for my Imperial Fists. And the way that I'm doing that is by um, kind of the, the paint scheme, but also <laughs> with uh, project management software. <laughs> so uh, I've got to tell you about this. Um, I'm the most anally organized person possibly in this hobby. It's so bad. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of a project management software uh, called Trello. Nope. Okay, so basically what it is, it's a way of tracking your progress of doing certain things. Uh-huh. You have these columns, uh, you have these columns in the program, and then each column has different cards in them. And so what I've done is every column uh, for my Imperial Fist, I've got HQ, elites, troops, and then within that column, each card is a unit. So first card, First squad, intercessors. Second card, second squad, intercessors, etc. And in each card, sorry, I'm going real into the minutiae and the detail here. Um, in each card, <laughs> I've written the backstory of not only the sergeant of the squad, but also uh, when Imperial, or not Imperialists, uh, when Astartes squad's uh, combat squad 
so they go into each, each different half. I always wondered who's leading the other half of the squad. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, every single squad that can combat squad in my army has the sergeant and a veteran. And nice. the veteran is the one who leads the other half. Cool. And he, the veteran, obviously, as veterans do, gets a white helmet. Sweet. So they're painted so yeah, as such. that's the thing. Exactly. And so the veteran and the sergeant in every squad each uh, get a full backstory. Um, I need to, to actually go into it and start uh, start uh, coming up with it a little bit more. I mean, they also get nameplates. I'm waiting on those. Um, That's but, really cool. That's really, really cool. I yeah. love that idea. What, okay, one more time. What's the name of that company that does the nameplates? Versatile Terrain. That's right. Okay. Uh, I should reach out to incidentally, them. Incidentally. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, weirdly as well, the guy who runs that company, a guy called Keith, uh, based in England, super nice guy, he does versatile terrain on the side. His actual job is he's like a 3D effect artist, and he worked on Star Wars. <laughs> Legit. I was just like, you did what? <laughs> like as a 3D artist? Like as yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. Like, is it, yeah. Is, like he's a, credited like, is in the credits of Star like, Wars. What? Uh, I think he... I, I don't know. Uh, like 3D art? So I guess maybe he... like. I don't know, animate it helped animate battle scenes or something. I have no idea. You have to ask him. <laughs> That's cool. That is cool. Super cool. But yeah, I use his products for everything. But uh... you know, it's funny. I thought about that in the past <laughs> about those mm-hmm. plates, specifically those plates, uh, and doing something cool like this. But it was always in the context of like a kill team or a narrative campaign. It wasn't in the context mm. of my regular everyday <laughs> army, <laughs> an entire army. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Can you imagine Blood Angels? Oh, yeah. 2,500 points of oh, Blood Angels. No. Everyone named. Dude, I've got better than that. Um, again, another friend of mine, host on the Conclave uh, 40K podcast, uh, my friend Adam. So he is just, well, his favorite army at the moment is Sisters of Battle. Mm-hmm. And he just decided, you know what? I'm going to add some flavor to this army. Every single sister is going to have a name and a nameplate. Amazing. And that's a horde army. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's amazing, though. Yeah, literally. I can't wait for him to finish that project. But you know, I was talking to him about it, and he's doing sort of a similar thing with me uh, with the names because obviously, different orders recruit from like kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. So he's been he spent a long time looking up girls' names from like Africa and Asia and America and just like all kinds of places just to get that kind of like diversity. Yeah. So I think it's I think I can't wait to see it. I think it's gonna be amazing. So here's a question then. Uh mm-hmm. with those nameplates, uh well, completely organic route we've taken this conversation. Well <laughs> with with the nameplates, uh mm-hmm. do they do you like make put in an order and you put the names you want printed and he sends you printed? Is that essentially what yep. happens? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Is that the only option easy. that he offers? uh so there are there's a whole bunch of stuff that he does i know he does like custom ones if you like really want um because i've seen a few people use these nameplates on like display bases for like primarchs and stuff um but yeah there's like you can add symbols and like all kinds of stuff what i've what i've started doing actually is it's got the nameplate itself but on some of them you can have uh like a bit on top of the name and i use that to put the the rank so it will say sergeant and then the actual name underneath. Awesome. And it just looks super cool. 
it's super cool i love it it's like this little <laughs> it's just like little divot that goes up higher above the name yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like just like that I, I believe there's an example on my instagram god i'm <laughs> i'm famous in the conclave for just like name dropping like but even even for me i'm name dropping a lot today <laughs> no it's it's cool uh that's a really really cool idea and you, you've inspired me to do something like that that would be super cool oh my god yes uh, but the thing is here's the okay here's the next question then do i do that mm -hmm. with because i've been thinking about making a new space marine a custom space marine chapter mm -hmm. and i've also been thinking about making a custom chaos space marine legion so okay both okay uh and i would love to do that it going each route okay uh, yeah okay so let, this is interesting i love talking about this let's let's dig into this so uh, i'd be interested to get your your opinion on this but when starting a new chapter or actually no uh chaos legion mm -hmm. did you mean actual legion or warband of a legion okay uh well uh, probably warband of a legion let's face it right warband okay. of uh, war leaders it would probably okay. be something like that so how were you going to create that narrative um well okay so i've already started one and it mm -hmm. was uh it was actually uh, incidentally uh, another name drop the Nova Open Charitable mm -hmm. Foundation Army, the World Eaters Army right now. Nice. Uh, which here, you know what? Here, let's just, uh, just for fun, I'm going to pull it up. So, oh, you're going to pull this up on the screen? Yeah, so you guys can see it. <laughs> Excellent. Here it I is. love this. Ooh, it's I the like. Crimson Hunter. That's here. my Instagram. <laughs> here, one second. Let's see. I mean, please follow me on Instagram. <laughs> oh, I see. All right, so Interesting. this is the uh, Crimson Hunters. And so I made up the narrative for this army. And basically, okay. it's a Lord Discordant who's on the planet of Blackwater. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just this kind of in the fringes of space kind of planet, right? And the Imperial Fists go there <laughs> for their yearly tradition, uh, the, the Blooded Fist tradition, where they basically it's like a a trial of, of blood. Uh, and so they mm -hmm. kind of interrupted uh, Gorak, who's the name of the leader of uh, this uh, Lord Discordant. And so they, mm -hmm. uh, he was heavily wounded. He uh, escapes to a mountain pass. And mm -hmm. sorry, I'm getting distracted, like thumbing through this stuff. <laughs> Here, actually, let me just read it. So Gorak, Crimson okay. Hunter, once a feared Chaos Space Marine Lord Discordant, vying for Korn's ascension, whose reputation for sowing seeds of disruption in vulnerable machine spirits is now a dispossessed shell, barely wielding arcane control of his hell-stalking hull of demonic shame. Before his days of redemption, the Great Rift made Planetfall easy for Gorak to lead his warband of warp-possessed constructs and attack the feral world of Blackwater. Unfortunately, his timing couldn't be worse. His neophytes were being recruited into the Crimson Fists as part of the annual Festival of the Blooded, Bloodied Fist, uh, and so he's trapped on this planet and he goes into this mountain pass, which has a high pocket of psychic energy, which is ironic because he's corn, right? <laughs> uh, but it ties in really nicely to the mad mega bullies of the fish folk, which is the corn orcs that I have as well. And whispers of the warp tell Gorak to find mm -hmm. 
the Maw Blade, which is an ancient relic. And with the Maw Blade, he's able to have enough power to defeat the Crimson Fists. Uh, okay. Basically, it's a it's a revenge mission. It's a revenge uh, motivation. Interesting. Uh, so, it's interesting. So, with this army, I mean, if also I've suddenly just realized something. I'm I'm I've got the stream up on like one one side of my screen and uh, us on the on the other side. <laughs> You've got it labeled here as uh, the video is the best Blood Angel army discussion with Sultan. <laughs> like on YouTube. Yeah, it's the video title. Oh, that's the strangest <laughs> thing, because I updated it on Restream. Doesn't make sense. Indeed. Look at this. But, uh... See, why yeah. play Space Marines anyway, and Custodies? The... Discussion with Quipster. It updated. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Anyway, oh, well, you are not Sultan. You're a Quipster. <laughs> For the, those who don't but, know. Yes. Okay, anyway. I was going to say, uh, about this particular army, I mean... I would go super nitty gritty um, into the backstory of these guys. So I think every narrative stems from its leader. So with this particular leader character, I would I would start asking questions. Was he one of the original world eaters? Was he one of the original world eaters, or was he recruited from another renegade chapter or still loyalist chapter later on after the heresy? Um, then, if he was a captain during the heresy. What company was he part of? Did he know Khan? What was his relationship with Khan and Angron like at the time? How does that affect his decisions moving forward? Because you said um, he's been exposed to a bunch of warp energy. Okay. Was he looking for it in the first place? Because he saw the power of chaos in a way that was always denied by you know other members of his legion. Uh-huh. And then going from that, okay, say he was a, a captain of one of the assault companies um, in, in the World Eaters, what was he doing at the Siege of Terror? Was he even there? Who did he fight? Uh, does he have uh, relations with other chapters? You know, this kind of stuff, I think, really, really adds something to an army. Um, I don't know. Are these, are these questions that you, you enjoy answering, or is it just me going off on a no, wild no, this tangent? This is great. This is adding so much flavor to it much more than uh, I've done so far. Like this small blurb that I made, which by the way, wasn't the full blurb, the full blurb's <laughs> on the Nova open website. Uh, but uh, that, awesome. that's great. That may, See, that's what a whole narrative campaign can be based around, which is cool. That's what excites exactly. me. Exactly. And so I, I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> I, I envision the, the war band, we'll call it to be mm-hmm. a combination of corn and zinch. So interesting because of the warp energy, right? So okay, psychers okay. are allowed to be in the army, and it's not a corn-centric army because there's elements of the psychic uh, powers that I enjoy, but I never okay. use because I'm always fielding world leaders. <laughs> right? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so I okay. don't do it unless I'm fielding thousands. So- so then it's the case of, okay, to what degree are these guys, are these world eaters embracing the powers of the warp? Are they doing it reluctantly or are they just like, no, actually, warp powers are kind of great. Let's do that. Like, what do you think? I'm thinking it would be one of three things. It'll either be, yes, uh-huh. this is great. Let's do it. It'll either be, no, absolutely mm-hmm. not. I hate it. And then it's, this is tempting. I don't want to. 
but it's pulling me towards it. So you're in one of three camps. Oh, there's a fourth option. There's a fourth option. Um, I don't want to do this, but I have to for X reason. Ah, okay. I like that. Too. Like I, like oh, what if, what if say this uh, this warband leader has has actually a very strong allegiance to the world eaters as a whole and as a legion, but I mean to the degree that he wants to reform the world eaters legion and can only do that by having some sort of artifact where he can like I don't know teleport them into the same place. <laughs> you know what we should do uh mm-hmm. okay after we after we jump off this call uh mm-hmm. we need to develop a narrative campaign <laughs> yes i think that would be sweet that would be amazing uh and just Hells to yeah just to like tell the story right and it could be it doesn't have to be this massive thing it could be like a warband sized kind of crusade sized uh, which I believe are better because you kind of you can relate to yeah. them more, right? When you get down to like sp- specific characters and their motivations, you can follow it a lot e- easier, and it, it means more I like when it. things happen. Uh, I like it a lot. And for those who are That's watching, fantastic. what do you guys think about this idea? <laughs> Should Quipster and I team up and to put our heads together, or mostly it's going to be a Quipster Factory awesome ideas, and I'll be like catching as much <laughs> as I can. Because uh, you were born for this, man. You, like you create this stuff. It's what you do. It, it actually feels like you can't help it. With, with the, uh, I, I love it. With the organizational, uh, is it? it you're, when you were describing like you're organizing things and you're writing things down and like the mm-hmm. record keeping and like it, you were. I don't. I'm not diagnosed OCD. I always make a joke about it that I could have it. <laughs> I I probably shouldn't unless I do have it. But even still, I shouldn't joke about it. But I I do mm-hmm. certain things, and there's certain things like I count my teeth with my tongue, and uh, and there's certain ways that I like to see things and do things and have them done. Uh, yeah, is that? Do you yeah, feel that? I, I I think I am sort of leaning that way. Uh, I've never been tested for OCD as such, but I, I'm pretty sure I uh, I meet a lot of the requirements um, for sure. Although actually. Now that we're now that we're talking about narrative stuff, uh, a buddy of mine, Reza, uh, has now appeared in the chat on YouTube. Um, Reza Prime, you should check out his Instagram. Great dude. Again, another another host of the Conclave. I make it sound like everyone is a host on the Conclave. It's, it's only four of us. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we actually, me and Reza actually did a really interesting thing because uh, one of the conversions that he's done for his army is um, he's got these blood angels. And one of his blood angels has a, uh, a custodian shield, which he's using as a storm shield. And we actually came up with a bit of narrative for that because obviously I have custodies. And so now custodies my, my Shadowkeeper custodies are the custodies that gifted his chapter master that shield. And I'm going to get the model off him and I'm going to paint it as you know my shields are painted. Um, and originally the law that sort of we came up with was that uh, my custodians gave him the shield because it's got like a listening device in it. And it's a way of them keeping track of the chapter. Um, But I think like it was very sneaky. Um, I was just like, "Mm." but Reza said to me like, I kind of don't want that because it makes my guys out to be fools. I was like, that's a good point. So (laughs) I think instead it's just, it's a show of friendship between the custodians and this chapter 
whose name I can't remember right now. But I love doing that with friends, just like having like bits and pieces of our armies just like had that like those narrative links. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I love that. How there there's tie-ins. Yes. That all contribute exactly. to this massive massive narrative, <laughs> I guess. Exactly. Exactly. I'm really psyched about this like this warband campaign though. I'm like I'm thinking in my head, like when it comes to, to narrative stuff and like campaigns in general. There's so much you can do on like an individual unit level. Um, there's so much flavor you can give, especially I think in a Chaos Warband. I mean, have you read Aaron Dembski Bowden's um, Night Lords trilogy? Or Not Omnibus? the Night Lords, no. Uh, just Black Legion, oh. Talon of Horus, Betrayer. We're com- going back into heresy Good times. Books. Uh, Good books. Yeah, like those are the ones that I've read. Uh, not, you know what it is? I think it's because it's the Night Lords mm-hmm. and them as a. Mm-hmm. Legion don't necessarily, you know, to me, and this is this is a very mm-hmm. judgmental because in my mind, the mm-hmm. Night Lords just a bunch of murderer, like mean mm-hmm. dudes, right? Like, I, I don't care about reading about that, but I'm sure it's a lot more nuanced than that. I'm sure there are reasons for their behaviors, dude. I can tell you now, um, this is actually something Graham McNeil brought up on a podcast, I can't remember which. But uh, and he was talking about Uriel Ventress. And basically, one of the things he said about character design that makes characters interesting is how they don't conform to certain archetypes. Okay. Like, for example, with Uriel Ventress, one of the things that makes him interesting is the fact that he doesn't follow the Codex Astartes as rigidly as other Ultramarines do. Mm-hmm. He deviates. He does his own thing. He is a creative guy. He's a creative commander. Mm-hmm. And so him breaking against the archetype is fascinating to read about, which is why the Night Lord's Omnibus is so good, because the whole point about the main character, Talos, is that he always wanted to be a hero, but he's stuck in a legion of absolute, I can't swear, but people who are not heroes. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. That central contention is what makes it super interesting. That's cool. Um, and like one of the things I think, because we're sort of going back to the beginning of what we were talking about. Um, one of the things that I am, one of my upcoming projects that I have planned is I am actually going to start a chaos army. Nice. And that that chaos army is going to be Night Lords. Really? Yep. Okay. Yep. The most murdering, uncouth, terrible people you could possibly imagine and i've gone from like good boy custodies and ultra and imperial fist to no no let's do night lords now complete 180 <laughs> complete 180 yeah uh and it's just because like i have a lot of um i'm not nostalgia it's the wrong word but a lot of love for the night lords as a legion hmm. because they're so bad at so many things astartes is supposed to be good at uh-huh. like <laughs> like what is at one point uh, sorry, I have to click my draw. There's a point at which one of the Night Lords, um, it's in one of the books. He goes, he goes on this random like speech about like, when was the last time we ever stood up to anyone in a fair fight? We are murderers and butchers, but we are not warriors because we have never ever stood against an opponent that we knew we couldn't face. And you're just like, awesome. oh wow, okay. Damn! Just tell us how you really feel. It's a moment of self-reflection. <laughs> exactly, and so like I love 
like that kind of characterization and also uh, one thing that's really interesting about the night lords they are the most consistently written space marine legion all of the other legions it's all over the place how they are written sometimes especially their primarchs Uh i mean best example of that is um the lion lionel johnson his writing is all over the place Uh like uh, especially the first two books they're barely about him okay and like it's because it's multiple authors and they take it off in different directions yeah whereas conrad conrad kerr's is so consistently written by everyone who's written his character. Interesting. Um, that, that really appeals to me. Um, although, I, on a, again, a different tangent about the lion quickly. Um, I Have you read the latest uh, Primark novel about the lion? No, I have not. Ah, oh, it's so good. It's so good. This, this isn't a spoiler. Um, I would never do that to people. But there is a bit in the book that shows you the intent like the way his mind works and it's fascinating because basically he's confronted by uh one of the remembrances mm-hmm. um in in the fleet uh she's like a photographer or something and um she essentially turns traitor and she confronts the lion and she says to him you don't even know who i am and he looks at her and he goes yes whatever her name, we'll call her Jane. She was like, yes, Jane, I know exactly who you are. You went to this school, you did these things, and I've seen your images of these different things. Do you honestly think I would have allowed anyone in this fleet without knowing exactly who they are? And she's just standing there looking at him like, oh my God, he's known, he's known me. He's known all about me for this entire time. And it just goes into the way that he is so subtle in the way that he does everything and so strategic and so smart mm-hmm. he literally looks at every angle of every situation and he's never credited for it because he doesn't make a thing about it that's interesting that's the well i love it i learned which book was it that i learned <laughs> that the uh, space marines have eidetic memories i think it was i think it was talent horus might have been that one where mm. Abaddon he just remembered everything yeah yeah that was uh, actually Kaon, who was describing that and actually what? oh my god i was gonna say there's an amazing bit in um i think it's not is it talon of horus yeah it's in talon of horus not black legion um have you ever played skyrim yep or ah okay cool i don't know if like i'm i am 100 certain that aaron Dembski bowden has also played so much skyrim because there's a bit um i'm gonna say this isn't a spoiler but uh, there's a bit where they're on the vengeful spirit mm-hmm. and um, some people are talking to Abaddon and he's um, basically like taking them through like the ship and he's just like, oh yeah, so I was just doing this and like essentially they walk into a room that's full of trophies and they're explaining it. It's just like random piles of like esoteric looking weapons and like piles of like things like overflowing from chests from essentially Abaddon's adventures Mm -hmm. and he's just all brought it back to this central location and you're just thinking like I got a sec this sounds like what everyone did with the house in Skyrim you just brought all of your junk back to some central location and it's just like (laughs) a house full of crap and then the next thing he says was just like like uh one of the characters walks over to like this is this like sort of alchemy kind of table mm-hmm. and he's just like 
what were you trying to do here? And he was like, oh, yeah, so I was trying to mix up uh, the stuff of, like, warp stuff. And you're just like, hang on a sec. Is he just trying... Is he just screwing around with alchemy because he's run out of quests to do? <laughs> like everyone did in Skyrim. What? <laughs> uh, I love it. He's just trying to level up the alchemy stat because he's run out of everything, like the main quest line. Interesting. <laughs> that is, that's a... Sorry, I did do that. That's an interesting observation. Oh, hello. Ah, uh, yeah, sorry. My my friend Dom is in the background. Uh, he's just going to be, he's just going to be chilling. <laughs> <laughs> hey Dom. It looked like he was just gonna go down for a nap. It looked kind of funny. I think he might. I think he might. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Well, lots of cool stuff today. Uh, here, let's do let's do a chaos comment bomb. Let's do it. And uh, here it is. Boom, boom, boom. Copy link. And here it is. So I'm gonna post it here. So, for some reason, <laughs> OBS didn't do what I wanted it to, so I'm going to have to do it manually. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry about this, Reza. Uh, Reza just put in the in the chat on YouTube uh, the name of his, uh, his chapter. The called The Forlorn Angels. Probably soon to be the Forlorn Templars when that codex drops. <laughs> And that's uh apologies, I was doing two things. Is that your custodian? That's fine. No, no, that's my friend Reza and his uh his chapter of uh like uh, successor blood angels. It's because I forgot I completely forgot what the name was earlier. Ah, okay. What the okay well, Are you trouble in OBS? I'm looking for the chat here. Oh, here it is. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to post a link here on Twitch. And then there is one more on Facebook, which I'll also just visit really quick. Excellent. Yeah, usually it all ties into OBS, but just <laughs> wasn't working today. Didn't feel like working. I've turned up and I've turned up and everything is broken. <laughs> I find with OBS, it's like if you don't log into it regularly and then you do all of a sudden, it just gets mad at you. Everything breaks. Yeah. But you forgot. Actually, while we're while we're doing that for the chat, I'd be interested to know. And this is a, I think this is something that comes up all the time. Uh if you were trying to introduce someone to the hobby, what book would you give them first? I'd be very interested to know in the chat what people's answers to this are. Okay. Never mind. I can I can already see the the YouTube one. <laughs> so here I got the Twitch and uh, Facebook up, so I can I can relay some of those answers. So if you were to try to get somebody in the hobby, what books would you recommend they read? Is that it? Yes, exactly. I mean, I I know my answer. I mean, what would you pick? Oh, Black Legion. Really? Yeah. That's what I would choose. Why? Uh, because I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, well, what came first, Talon the Horse or Black Legion? I think Talon the Horse came first. So Talon the uh, Horse. Horse, yeah. Yeah, yeah so Talon the Horse it would be. Yeah, I would do that. Okay. 
Interesting. One of the first answers I've seen on YouTube is Eisenhorn, and I, I actually fully agree. I think Eisenhorn is the way, the way Why? to go. Why? So I would specifically say not the Horus Heresy. Uh, and this is something that, that's been echoed quite a lot in, say, the Independent Bar- uh, Characters podcast, um, which unfortunately doesn't isn't a thing anymore, which I'm really sad about. Um, but uh, the reason for that is because the Horus Heresy kind of has a lot of assumed knowledge on the part of the reader. Um, they expect you to know certain things. Like the main conceit of the first bit of the book of, of Horus Rising is that you know that Horus almost slays the emperor. And so if you don't know that, then the beginning of the book is really confusing because you're just like, wait, hang on. who's wh- Why is the Horus doing this? Who's the emperor? What's going on here? Like you have no context to understand what is being said or you have no context to understand the importance of certain events. And so I think a really good way of building context is by reading the later books. So Eisenhorn is probably the best example just because it's very easy to read. It's very entertaining and it touches on a lot of different areas, like how the Imperium kind of actually works. Mm -hmm. And that's a touchstone for a whole bunch of other novels. Interesting. Um, and so yeah, that's what I would say. Um, maybe beyond that, I'm going to be a little bit biased and say something like Gaunt's Ghosts. Again, fantastic series, very easy to read. And I think that's one of the most important things. If you're trying to get a new person in, yeah. you want to make sure that they're not like completely overwhelmed. You want them to like go to the next thing and go to the next thing. So I think Gaunt's Ghosts is the way to go for that. How jargon um, would you say these books are very light? So compared to speaking, it's not super. Like you got to know. You don't have to know a lot. No, and like, the thing is as well, um, the context of what these books are dealing with. So, for example, with uh, with Eisenhorn, it goes into depth explaining kind of what everything is. Cool. In a way that a lot of books, a lot of other books, kind of don't. Right. Um, and that's even better in Gaunt's Ghosts because it's essentially just normal soldiers versus other normal soldiers, and then they also explain what chaos is. Right. So and so, yeah, I think it's it's quite easy to get to come to grips with genuine good starting place that's uh, told from a mm. relatable perspective. Precisely. Cool. Yeah, because it's it's really easy to go straight for the Space Marines because Space Marines are cool. But I think if you build up to Space Marines, it kind of it gives them greater context okay. and you understand the power level as well. Yeah, because otherwise it's like, oh, yeah, Space Marines are strong. You don't know how strong until you see them come up against normal people. Yeah. How one can take out so, like 100. <laughs> yeah, easily. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, okay, so, yeah. so let's do this chaos comment bomb. I, I kind of tripped over it before, uh, but now that we're on, <laughs> we're on here, let's do it. So if you haven't participated in a chaos comment bomb, this is what it is. I'm going to post a link in the chat, and that chat, uh, chat link is I'm going to do it a number of times so it's unmistakable, and that will bring you to a YouTube video. On that YouTube video, you'll leave a comment. Uh, just let them know that Dave and Quipster say hi from the Shrine of Chaos. Uh, it'll be a block of comments <laughs> when you see it. So uh, uh, just leave a comment like that. Uh, in this case, this was recommended by Quipster. This is Liam. 
This is Liam Dempsey's channel, and uh, this is his latest video. So if you watch his stuff, awesome. If not, check him out. And uh, we so, do it just for fun factor, just really pure fun factor. That's why we do <laughs> Chaos Comet Bombs. And it's a, it's a way of giving, I don't want to say giving back. I don't know if that's necessarily accurate, but just a, just a fun thing to do. Uh, I like <laughs> doing it. It's always fun. I love it. As well for Liam, like Liam is a fantastic human being. I know you've had a lot of discussions with him um, over the last few months. But uh, so for, for the, everyone watching the stream who doesn't know who Liam is, uh, Liam is the other half of deploymentzone.tv because there's Winters, uh, SEO, and Liam. And uh, Liam currently has a full-time job. So he is sort of like the puppet master behind the scenes a little bit. He doesn't do as much like on camera because he just doesn't have the time. Uh, but he like manages the website, does all the, cons the customer complaints or, or like uh, customer service stuff and um, a lot of the behind the scenes things. So people don't necessarily know his face as much as they should. And so, yeah, anytime I, uh, I can, I'm just like, go watch Liam's stuff because his stuff is really cool. I mean... This is also how we became friends because uh, I love camera gear, I love tech, and so does Liam. And so we ended up just nerding out about camera stuff and tech. And this is why Liam has the most ridiculous level of production quality for his live streams that I've ever seen. <laughs> He's using cinema cameras. <laughs> yeah. I just like, this is like hilariously unnecessary, but I am so here for it. <laughs> That's so true. I've seen some of his stuff, and whenever I do, it's like, wow, that, that is so yeah. so crisp looking. It's so – the eye candy is ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. It's so, it's so unnecessary, but so amazing. Like, I agree. It's got, overkill. Had it's such... absolutely overkill. For oh, yeah. Internet video. Like, he could, <laughs> he could shoot – he could make TV shows. Like, he could. Uh, mm. he absolutely easily. Could. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But he's a great guy, and I'll add to that because he's he's the one that introduced me to a lot of the other YouTubers. Um, heck, I wouldn't have met you had it not been for him because it's through osmosis. Yeah. Uh, it's because of him that I communicated more with Winters, and it's because I communicated with Winters as he got me in touch with you. And, uh, yeah, he got exactly. me in touch with a whole bunch of other YouTubers and guests on the Shrine and collaborations <laughs> Uh, so it's awesome. Like he is the grease. He is definitely more behind the scenes, right? You don't mm. see him a whole lot, uh, but he is—he's definitely one of those movers and shakers behind the scenes. Absolutely, he really is. It's such a funny thing as well. I think him and Tanya, so the war mistress, are like the two most well-connected people in the hobby. They just know everyone. They just know everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they know a lot, and that's cool because they know. Mm. I feel like they know everyone. Everyone from yeah. big personalities to the people that can get you stuff. Like, if we were in prison, mm -hmm. you would need to know them. Yeah. Yeah. Because Absolutely. they can get you stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they can get favorite Anything. stuff for you. Anything from, like, chocolate and shoelaces to, like, a shank. <laughs> Liam's your boy. <laughs> uh, so, it's been a pleasure, Quipster. Uh, again, for those who are watching Absolutely. live or after the fact, I've included links to his Instagram and YouTube and his DZTV. Uh, so check out those links if you haven't done so already. Always a pleasure, my man. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. And when you start your Chaos Warband, 
I'd love to have you back on the shrine so we can talk about it more. Absolutely. Always happy to come back on.